said that, you know how uh, when you have a desire, you should give it to the mother, but then inside you still want mm-hmm. that? How do you get rid of that desire? Yes. First, to give the desire to the mother, what does it mean? It means you are still working for the desire, for its fulfillment, but the result you offer. So, for instance, you want to join a medical college, you are appearing for a competition, you want to come first or you want to get selected. So, you say, mother, I am working, I want to get selected, I want to get into medical college and I offer it to you. So, you do your bit, you do everything, you prepare yourself fully, go for the exam, but the result... You may or may not get it. Now, it's a very practical advice because in any case, we don't know because what will come our way, nobody can predict. But by handing it over to the divine, we turn that whole movement into a means of our progress because we are learning to connect to the divine at one level. So to start with, we are desiring, we are working for it. Uh, You want a good car, you want a good house, by all means. Uh, have a car, have a house, but consecrate it to the divine. How do you consecrate it to the divine? In India, for every such thing, there is a uh, very interesting, uh, you know, not a ceremony or ritual is a wrong way, but a, a sanctification. So when you had a car, so you first did a puja. In Of course, uh, uh, in Pondicherry, you will see near Ganpati temple, all the cars lined up with Nibu and all that, you know. That is a very crude way. But first thing is you pray and then you say that let this car, wherever it goes to whatever use it is put, you are enjoying it anyways, but let it be used for your work. And then you see that that thing which you started originally with desire becomes a means also to connect you to the divine. Every time you drive it, you pray. Similarly, a house, beautiful house, nice house. And before you enter the house in India, what is the custom? That you don't have a housewarming ceremony where you just call people and have fun or food. You say, we will sit and meditate. And from now onwards, O Lord, your presence should be established here. Such a nice thing, Vivek Ji, you know, your dad said yesterday that uh, when uh, I think Sarge said that um, I'll stay here um, unless you turn me out. And uh, jokingly, and Vivek said, well, uh, is it my house or something like that, that, you know, it's not my house. So it's no question of turning out. I mean, turning out means uh, it's my house and I have a right over it. So when you begin to live with that attitude, so even desires, which are very natural, will become means towards connecting with the divine. This is the first step. So it's not that you are supposed to drop desire that no, no, I'll not have it. I'll not have that. No, that would be skipping the step. And when you skip a step, then you fall. So don't skip the step. At this age, even for a long time, it's natural to have desires. So it's all right to have desire. It's all right to have good clothes. It's all right to have a nice life uh, externally. So fine. But always keep connecting it to the divine. So strive but leave it in the hands of the divine. Don't uh, have to feel that I am doing something wrong. Then when you start doing it, after some time, automatically because you are connecting, a change will begin to come naturally inside you. Because everything you are connecting, after a while you will start noticing that through the car, through the house, through the object, through the dress, through everything that you got, actually the divine entered your life. Unsuspectingly. Because he's a great thief and he loves to play tricks. You know, he comes always unsuspectingly. That's what Shurabindu says in his uh, uh, Savitri, no? As a thieves in the night shall be the covert tread. So look at the expression. Night. All these things are full of night. But the divine uses them as an occasion to enter your life. And he will enter and start working inside. After a while, without you realizing you'll begin to feel an aspiration for the divine, an urge for the divine. And in a very natural course, your consciousness will begin to want the divine. And whether you have a car, you don't have a car, it will begin to fade into insignificance. It's not that you have to leave it outwardly. People who leave it outwardly, they actually end up deluding themselves. And this is what we were talking about, sannyas. So, Sri Krishna speaks about the difference between sannyas and tyaga. So, what is sannyas? I leave outwardly, but inside I am, you know, craving. So, you have many sannyasis who will say, this world is a maya. And they will travel to New York 
to say that world is Maya. Isn't it a paradox? I mean, if world is Maya, why are you bothered? Whom do you want to say? You know, it's all an illusion anyways. But because it's all inside. And they feel very happy. Oh, I have got an invitation like that. Not realizing that it's a paradox. It's If it is Maya, then fine. You should be like Raman Maharshi. Actually living there. Arunachal, don't stir. That is the path you have chosen. And be true and faithful to whatever you have chosen. So, then if one begins to externally suppress the desire, then one begins to live a, either the life of hypocrite or a enters into a state of delusion. That is not healthy. That's why in the Gita, when Krishna says that I want to renounce, I don't want to fight this war. So what does Krishna tell Arjuna? That you are practicing Mithyachar. The moment the fight starts, you will itch for battle. And uh, you know, you have renounced, you have become a sannyasi, you have added Swami Arjunanand. So you can't, you know, fight. <laughs> so you will be actually boiling for fight, but you are externally in the mountain. So that's not a healthy state. Start with going after your desire and connect. This is the journey. It's a long path. Path of perfection is a long path. The path of mm, getting back to the divine, not entering into perfection is the shorter path. That's the choice which was given to Jai Vijay. Perfection through seven lives. As bhakti. And if you want to come quickly, it says, be my enemy. <laughs> so we don't want that. We want perfection. So start from step one. Desire, natural. Don't have to feel bad about it. Offer it to divine. And the result you offer to the divine. Next step, that before you desire, before you enter anything, pray, connect to the divine. So remember and offer. First, Nishkam Karma, then remember and offer. Then, third step, aspire that in this situation, your will should be expressed, not mine. Your will should be done, not mine. Then, fourth step, you will see that you are no more doing the chesta, the effort. But you will feel the inspiration for what needs to be done. That is the meaning of the Gita's Kartavyam Karma. Kartavyam karma is not what you are appointed to do. And you will act only under that inspiration because you learn to recognize that inspiration. It comes with long practice. That you will learn to recognize that at this point of time, I feel inspired to act. And then you will act. And all those steps you have already done about, you know, um, Nishkama and all that, you don't need to, you know, practice that. But it, And then you leave it. And if you don't feel inspired, you don't act. Even if, you know, um, the whole world is telling, no, no, you must act. You know, they say, no, no, you must uh, uh, do this because then your name will be cleared. But you don't act because you are not feeling inspired. So you learn to recognize the divine will and act according to that. And when you have done that, then a time comes when you become what the Gita says is Sarva Sankalpa Sanyasi. You have renounced everything from inside. And you have only to put yourself in the mother's hands to get her guidance. The mother. How beautifully Shirobinda reveals. That you have only to put yourself in her hands and to get the guidance for the immediate moment. And you act according to that. Your effort may be a success, failure, it's irrelevant. Because she works in strange ways. Not that because mother is inspired, it will be a success. She may work to bring a totally different result. Because cosmic workings are not like individual workings. Okay, so these are the steps. But first thing is, desire, but offer the results to the divine. Remember and offer. The rest will come in due course of time. Sir, it means desire, let thy will be done. Woh, baad ka cheez hai. Shuru mein, jab hum karte hain, to very often it's, you know, we want our will. And mother said this, she said, don't say let thy will be done if you are not ready for it. Because then you know, it creates, see, yoga has to be done without too many conflicts inside. Because conflicts sap our energies. See, people who get into a lot of conflicts, In why Shurabindu was never keen to call adolescent and very young people into sadhana? There is a letter of his that I am not keen to call very young people into sadhana because 
then they get into lot of conflict because on one side there is the demands of the vital nature which is appropriate to their age on the other side there is the pressure of the sadhana and they can't handle it so in the beginning it is natural for a person that well i want things my way that's why in india we had the concept of the four ashramas that you start with you know the foundational then grahastha ashrama where uh, you know earth and kama is part of your life then you become ready for um, dharma and you know moksha because slowly it's a slow process so it's so it's it's ideally is let thy will be done but you know if one is really ready for that yes but one has to see inside whether one is ready or not yes when i went to india to your back there is a discussion about shri arvindo that he was the 10th of parakalki can you explain that <coughs> very beautiful and fascinating subject um shurbindor speaks about um shurbindo being the 10th avatar kalki or not well um shurbindo in revealing the secret of avatarhood in essays on the gita uh, he says that the avatars represent an evolutionary progression and which is so evident that you know you have a fish avatar uh, which is a creature of the water and you have the next is kurma avatar water and uh, land then vara avatar land then uh, nursing half animal half human uh, vaman the dwarf man parshuram the man of the axe the rajasik man and uh, rama the idealized satvik mentality and you know so there is the whole avatarhood is an evolutionary progression and therefore uh, where does this progression ends it ends with kalki who comes on a uh, blue horse uh, with a sword in his hand and destroys the mlekshas and establishes once again the reign of truth upon earth now it's very interesting reign of truth upon earth shubindu's work blue horse representing the power and uh, shubindu's light being blue the sword the sword of knowledge and uh, the malaysia if you see literally i mean uh, i hate to say this <laughs> but <laughs> shubindu actually fought <laughs> with the malaysians <laughs> so actually literally he did that so uh, from every criteria or standpoint shubindu um totally if i may use a very stupid human expression fits into that 10th avatar when this question was uh, asked to shubindu directly that um, i believe that you are kalki shubindu says that uh, carry on with your belief it is not likely to mislead you he gave a very uh, interesting uh, you know answer at another time uh, he is asked uh, the disciple asked that in this life you are an avatar but in previous lives uh, you were not avatars so what were you doing then so shurbindo says carrying on the evolution he does not say that i was not an avatar he says yes but in previous lives i was carrying on the we were carrying on the evolution as vibhutis because there is also that then when um, champak lal ji drew uh, you know two lotuses uh, one was a red lotus and a white lotus and he gave to shurbindo and the mother to write something so shurbindo wrote on the white lotus aditi the divine mother and passed on to mother mother wrote below the red lotus sri aurobindo the avatar so now you know what more confirmation we need then at one place mother actually directly says this is very interesting when she was asked about that uh, when the super mind comes will there be more avatars because you know with 10 avatars our parampara stops so sh- mother says i always um, i had always known that shurbindo is the last avatar last avatar in a human body it's a very directly she has said so um, uh, but then having said that avatar is something which is revealed to human beings by special grace you know uh, shurbindo and the mother never encouraged people to talk about their avatarhood when radhananda once um, 
uh, wanted to write something on Shurbindo talking about his being an avatar. Shurbindo discouraged him. He said, these are not things which you should talk to the public. So he didn't want that, you know, we should turn it into a religious movement and tell everybody. Because then, you know, what happens? The result. Everybody has their own avatars. And there are, you know, many avatars in India. Mother speaks about it. Many Kalkis, Christ and, uh, you know, who have come. So they unnecessarily get into a state of resistance. See, avatar is an inner revelation. When the soul is ready, avatar reveals himself. He revealed himself to Arjuna. Others thought that Krishna was great. Very few knew that Krishna is an avatar. But to Arjuna, he revealed his avatarhood. But not to everyone. So when the time comes, the divine reveals that he is an avatar. So if to somebody's heart, there is this strong feeling, conviction, not because of a wave movement, like a religious crest, no, no, everybody says avatari baba, not like that. But inside, that he is the 10th avatar, then one must definitely go with that conviction and it will be right. Because it's an error revelation, which has been done, given to that person. My question is connected to the first question, that usually, I, I could be wrong, but what I understand is when there is a avatar, there is a peace after he, he is gone. Hmm. There is a peace on the whole hmm. world. So do you think hmm. we are coming to that stage? Right? No, but, but first of all, it didn't happen. Immediate peace did not happen after any avatar. After Rama, that great war, there was such a chaos which took place. Mata Sita has to go away and abandoned and you know, there is entry into the earth. So immediately peace doesn't follow because avatar sets into motion certain forces of the future. Now earth is not ready for those forces, to assimilate those forces. So it has to prepare itself through a process and that takes time before that thing which the avatar has brought down can really be activated. What happened after Krishna? Immediately after Krishna's departure, I mean it's amazing, Dwarka finishes, the Yadavas finish themselves. Then much worse follows Kaliyug. You know, one enters into Kaliyug. And in that Kaliyug, uh, that famous story, I mean, it's a horrifying story that that cow's three legs are cut off and she is weeping that uh, who will rescue me? And Parikshit sees this archer who is cutting her off. She says, uh, who is this cow and who are you? Why are you killing? So the cow says, I am Dharma and this is Kali and he is killing me. So Parikshit says, how dare you do it? So, he says, well, that's my job. I am the spirit of time. I am supposed to do it. So, uh, then um, he says, uh, well, I won't allow you to do it. So, Kali says that, well, you give me some place where I can do my work. I have a job to do. So, he says, okay, where do you want to go? He says, okay, give me, I will stay in gold. He says, all right, go into gold. So, he immediately jumps on Parikshit's head on the crown. And since then, politics and money went into the position of Kalkis. You know, Mother speaks about it, uh, this uh, Kali. So, immediately after Krishna, we entered into Kaliyug. Kaliyug, not that it is bad, but it was a new mode of seeking the divine. So, same thing is now happening that we have entered into a new age, not necessarily an era of peace, but an era when we will seek the divine in a new way, in an integral way. And that's why it's very difficult to understand Shurabindu's yoga uh, from the standpoint of tradition which divides life into two parts. Shurabindu has activated upon earth forces of a higher order, of a higher harmony, truth. And because of those forces, first earth has to become ready to embody that truth. Now that action is going on. When mother was asked um, about it, she said it's the age of truth. And in truth alone lies your salvation, truth in feelings, truth in thought, truth in speech, truth in actions. Now you see people are being compelled. Nothing can remain hidden. So immediately after the avatar leaves the earth or rather steps behind, he never leaves because he becomes a permanent part of earth. Avatars never leave because they come to change earth, they become part of earth. They come to stay forever. So, when an avatar immediately has done his work, then now all the earth forces have to realign themselves to this new thing which the avatar has activated. And that takes time. You know, it's like his task is, for instance, if I have to use a very crude material analogy, like a scientist who discovers the nuclear energy. 
now he goes away now we know there is a new energy but just knowing it is not enough we have to have the linings the wirings and how to reach it to the you know smallest house so that process will take place so for a long time we will see a lot of upheavals because there will be a new adjustment of balance inwardly and outwardly in material nature as well as in human nature and once this adjustment takes a couple of hundred years then the new age dawns and then yes the peace and the higher harmony of a new order will come but immediately it won't follow because avatar doesn't come to establish peace he comes to establish a new dharma usually when you're in like tough situations or when you're at like a moment in your life where you don't know what to do and you're in complete chaos and everything's everywhere and you don't know what to do why do you call the divine or what's the significance how how come how come you don't like go running to someone and go ask mm-hmm. like why no no yeah no contradiction in running to somebody but whether you go to somebody or the, whether you act in your whatever condition that is by connecting to the divine you connect to the highest possibility so by doing it you bring a highest determinism into the uh, your present let's take a very simple human analogy uh, not you let's say somebody x child of your age 13 12 13 15 okay stuck in a uh, difficult situation where you know for some reason either the police or you know people have surrounded him now what does he do he has to face that situation it's a chaos he has to do what he has to do at that point of time but if he is a smart kid he dials 911 or whatever is the police number and he also picks up dad help me come now after that he has to do what he has to do but in the meanwhile now by connecting himself to dad he has his dad who has much greater vision and understanding will start acting even though you don't know or the child doesn't know but his dad now probably you know uh, he knows the senior you know police um, commissioner and he has already talked to him and without realizing even while on the surface one event is taking place right but at the same time because the dad has been connected he is already aligning forces in a way to help you out of that situation in the fastest and simplest possible way so the two don't contradict each other on one side we have to act at a given point of time and obviously we will act ideally we should act in our highest sense at that point highest sense may be reason or maybe even an impulse it's an immediate reaction maybe an emotion doesn't matter but even before you act and while you act connect to the divine now what the divine does is not that he will suddenly there will be a sound and light show and there will be you know vapor and you will see image of divine coming and saying bacha i you know it doesn't happen like that you know but he will start arranging and arranging the world forces to do what needs to be done and through nature he will work it out i'll give you an example now there was a man who uh, in in the ashram context i'll tell you he had a heart attack so he was telling his story and there's so many such stories that i have collected over years not collected by going and asking but they strike to me as something very interesting so you know he was telling that what happened and he said really it is mother's grace now people say this you know mother's grace So how is it grace he had a heart attack he went the doctor saw it did an angio and opened the artery uh, vessels so where is the grace element in it now the interesting part is he was in his room so uh, he had severe pain he is a old man he cannot even walk properly he said i didn't know what to do what to do i am having severe pain so i was calling mother 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 do something then at that point of time suddenly a man comes and passes by in front of the room and then he suddenly feels that uh, well just let me peep in he has not called him and for no reason at all he actually peeps in and sees this man is in now this small little event changed everything then when he goes there and as he is being wheeled in the doctors everything is so well arranged he says as if everybody was just waiting for me 
and one of the doctors who was going to go away had there been a delay of 10 minutes he would have gone away and he is the main doctor he as if as if he was made to wait for this man to come and he said oh i was going to go away but now it has come i'll see he immediately did the angio and did whatever was needed now this happens because you have called in a higher determinism now at one level it appears natural everything is coincidence and somehow it happened but at another level by calling the divine you activate a higher determinism now it doesn't mean that every time one survives <coughs> but even if one passes away by calling the divine you have made your passage itself something very beautiful because always it may not be possible given the earth play and the conditions of the play that everybody will survive the moment they call the divine no but if they leave the body then a whole journey can be made much shorter much more smoother and your coming life you know itself may become something far more beautiful so that's why the dictum that when you are in a state of confusion always call the divine but you can only do it when you learn to call the divine when you are never in a state of confusion okay so when we every time have this habit of calling the divine how entering into the car stepping out of the house stepping inside eating Uh, before you go to sleep so if you form it a way of life not i don't like to use the word habit because you know we should not call divine merely as a mechanical ritual but lovingly hi friend where are you then he has got a tune to your voice now you know he has put your number already his number is there uh, your number is there on his cell phone uh, super cell phone <laughs> but you have activated it from your side so now you know oh right now arjun is calling me there i go and the more you call the more you form a living relation the more he will more and more intervene in your life and what it means when it is said divine will intervene it means the one from whom all the cosmic forces have emerged now is coming to help you can you see what it means i mean it can completely change your destiny and that's the story of markande that you know he at the moment of death when he sees yamraj come he suddenly makes a gesture he goes and clings to shiva and says i belong to you so shiva doesn't know now no shiva has to do something so shiva tells yamraj i'm sorry you have to go back but lord this is my job you have given me he says i may have given you but this boy has now given himself to me so i cannot uh, uh, allow you know you to take him only i have a right over him so markande achieves immortality it's a you know so every time whenever we are faced with a difficulty or even otherwise if we form this habit of coming in contact with the divine then the world forces begin to get aligned and there are any number of examples of this i have seen in my own life and i'm sure many persons have seen where calling the divine changed the whole play began to assume a different uh, you know direction does that also play into desire so i'm going to ask my totally different question now um so when you know how aditi said uh how you give desire to the divine um when you give desire to the divine eventually do you lose desire and like do you eventually get out of like selfish needs and wants as your desire is fulfilled by the divine or Does desire keep on coming and keep mm-hmm. on coming, and the divine keeps on giving and keeps on giving, and then like it, it's like a vicious, vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. You ask and you get, you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, but you have answered it actually. Actually, you have answered it very beautifully. Uh, yeah, he will never allow the vicious cycle. There is a story about Vibhishna. Um, so when you know Lanka war is over, and Vibhishna. says lord i also want to visit ayodhya i have heard so many nice things about the place so rama says yes come along you are a bhakta so as vivishna comes all the monkeys now have a conference what has rama got into his head why is inviting vivishna what is wrong with vivishna after all he is a rakshasa so rakshasas are non vegetarian and ayodhya is a pure vegetarian place so all the monkeys feel threatened because you know <laughs> so but ramas they go and address their fears to rama he said don't worry you trust me yes yes we trust you so just let him come so he comes so 
ट्रू टू हिज नेचर आफ्टर ए वाइल विभीषणा फील्स लाइक हैविंग नॉन वेज अयोध्या नो रेस्टोरेंट सर्व नॉन वेज सो ही गोज आउट लिटिल बेट एंड देन ही फाइंड्स अ लिटिल रैबिट समवेयर एंड पिक्स इट एंड ईट्स इट एंड मंकीज आर कीपिंग ट्रैक दैट यू नो सो दे रश बैक टू रामा एंड से लुक वी टोल्ड यू यू आर टू सिंपल एंड यू डोंट रियलाइज दैट यू आर डूइंग ए बिग मिस्टेक बाई कीपिंग दिस फेलो हियर Rama says, "Why? What happened? Oh, he has eaten non-veg." He says, "Are any monkeys less? No, no, not monkeys. He says, Keep quiet. Okay, you have told me. Then forget about it." He eats and joys. Wow! He says, "Lord, your grace is so good that I wanted to have non-veg, and you supplied me with non-veg. How much? To what extent you can go for your bhakta?" Vivishna is thinking like this. His heart is full of gratitude. Next time again, he feels like you know desire. So he goes. and once again eats and monkeys go back and report but meanwhile when he eats it he says i don't know it's not so tasty i don't know what happened with this probably some other variety of rabbit i have had <laughs> third time again he goes this time when he eats he vomits and uh, he says oh my god and for a long time he doesn't feel like eating four time he goes and he wants to eat and his heart is filled with compassion so what am i doing wasting my life i am by the side of rama and i am just simply thinking only of rabbits and eating non veg i can't even give up this much so it won't be a vicious cycle for sure he will either obviously initially he will fulfill the desire but slowly he will show the result of that desire and he will through the consequences through a progressive awakening through a distaste inside by change inside he will get you rid of it because he knows he alone knows the secret wherever desires come from everything has originally ultimately come from there so he knows the secret he knows how to get rid but if you try with your own efforts some people can do it but most cannot so it's always good to connect with the divine and let him take care of it very often what he will do is he will create within you a sense of detachment so even not immediately but over a period of time that same thing uh, you will no more enjoy and of course depends upon certain desires take much longer because they are uh, recalcitrant they are interconnected with the very fabric of our material existence but many of them which are artificial need they will just drop off like this some will take a little longer a little struggle and they will drop off but always it will be an act of grace so connect to the divine and uh, don't worry about it he knows a basic idea is desire no desire whatever you do keep connecting to the divine keep calling him and he knows what is the way and his ways are incalculable he may even give a little bit of jolt sometimes and if one really loves him he should say fine sometimes that may be necessary and then he will also take you out of that everything is possible but he is touch eventually is something which will never fail this i can tell you that if you have offered anything to the divine any desire however dark and dangerous it may be if you have offered sincerely and aspired that lord i want to be out of it you can take it as an axiomatic truth that you will be out of it how long it will take depends certain things take long you have to be patient it's a long journey as i have been saying some things may just drop up depending upon your readiness and so never feel disheartened never give up never despair never uh, you know if results are not immediately coming keep on connecting keep on offering the divine will the truth about your desire hmm the divine will reveal the truth about your desire divine will because it, it reveals the truth about your desire yes he may do that okay. or he may not he may bypass the whole process and just you stop feeling for that thing anymore he may take you through a series of experiences and get you out of it if that be necessary because behind every desire see there are some desires which are like a baby's cry for something authentic so you immediately don't take away the cry you know like little babies play with uh, toy cars and toy airplanes it's an infancy 
now take a scenario where a parent says i'll never let him see a car never let him see a toy you know toy plane then the child doesn't even know that such a thing exists only when he grows up he sees it but some other parents will say okay now you are playing with toy planes i see you are interested in it okay next they get small little planes which you can make and you can fly at a third level they start training you in ways which will help you one day to fly the plane if that be your destiny so behind desire also there is a truth which is hidden and the divine wants to extract that little truth and cast away the husk you know like in um, that uh, wheat is covered with husk so if prematurely you cut it away the grain of wheat also you lose so you have to wait for the whole thing to become ripe and when it is ripe then the husk is beaten and thrown out so for a long time certain desires carry within them seed of a great truth which is preparing itself behind the mask of desire behind even the mask of evil and he waits for the right moment when the moment comes the husk is thrown aside and that thing is extracted so uh, divines we are working is not exactly like you know humans we are very impatient oh i have a desire i don't want it lord take it away and he just removes it it doesn't it won't happen like that mostly it won't happen like that because you know one bear has to be prepared through a number of experiences before that great apocalypse okay that's why you see that divine it's not like uh, you know people called for krishna krishna is god so krishna has come down on earth why did he have to go through all this drama before kansa is killed he should have just walked out of the prison and said i am divine where is kansa woken him out of his slumber picked him and <laughs> he killed putna all these people he could have killed kansa but if kansa would have been killed at that point of time many things wouldn't have happened putna kesi the vrindavan the kaliya the mandi wouldn't have happened they are part of the leela so in that process of the leela of the divine many things have to happen including connectedness through desire you connect with certain things certain people certain you know situations you have to go through them so divine can use anything even what appears to us as evil and sin for his purposes now i am telling you a very very deep secret but you know these are secrets which can be misused so people will say okay fine then i can do any anything and get away with it it's no it doesn't mean that but one must know that the workings of the divine transcend the human intelligence and he is free and above virtue and vice and very often or many times he uses even vice to prepare for a greater uh, good which is waiting in the background so that's how it is his workings are like that again the moral of the lesson is connect to the divine doesn't matter how simplest way is by calling his name and you don't worry he knows very well you know we think oh this is bad this is good i am bad i am horrible divine doesn't feel like that for the divine you arjun is not separate from him he has become you and he it is he is much more keen to change you than you are ever keen to change yourself but he his ways baffle human intelligence because his process is a very patient process it's surgery not butchery you know the difference it's very very fine tuned process and butchery is ah, cut off remove the desire he doesn't work like that so patiently keep calling the divine persevere do your bit your effort to do the right thing but if it doesn't happen don't worry about it don't get into any oh i didn't do the right thing things happen and you pray and call and at the right moment they those things will go away sometimes it may take decades for certain things okay so be patient but keep connecting with the divine never despair never give up what is the use i am calling for the last 5 years i am the same old monkey no you are not the same old monkey there is a slight change taking place you know when we eliminate desire from the vital which is the seat of desire 
it goes into the physical and you will see that many things now you are no more desiring but you are having habitually have you ever noticed that food sometimes even uh, you you are not really desiring but habitually even people will say oh rasgulla let me eat actually they are not feeling that i must eat rasgulla one is a movement of desire ah oh, rasgulla so nice tasty but one is habit simply because it is rasgulla they will put one extra it's a physical consciousness now not the vital now you have eliminated even for the physical consciousness where it is it gone into the subconscious waiting for its moment so one day when you thought oh i am i don't care about rasgulla and suddenly that day you see a rasgulla and you suddenly feel like having it very very strongly and you wonder where did i get this thing from because it was there in the subconscious it comes to the surface again offer it to the divine lord i gave this rasgulla to you you are giving it back to me <laughs> play with the lord don't you know he loves it what have been lord i wanted to get rid of rasgulla and you are giving me another which i never wanted you know what he'll tell you you think you never wanted yes lord as far as i know i never wanted boy it was hidden inside so that rasgulla has come up from the subconscious <laughs> swimming to the surface and then if you follow that principle again offer it then when he eliminates from the subconscious then you will discover the true clearing because suddenly it has gone away from a part where it was sapping your energy it was there but hidden inside and you didn't know why your energies are getting sapped because uh, well it was pulling sucking away from inside so he uncovers the demon brings it to the surface and during that time you will suddenly feel the return of the desire in a very intense way something which had gone away you thought that gone away from your nature and then but that is the last flicker before it dies i i know i am going to to far ahead for Are you able to connect with it? Sort of, yeah. yeah, good, great. Yes. I was watching your video regarding creation, <coughs> energy, matter, consciousness. Science is at a crossroad where they don't know what to do. Has Arvind said or have you said anything about consciousness precipitating matter and energy? Yes, he has said. In fact, it's consciousness that has become matter, and energy is the intermediary link. Energy is consciousness has two aspects. Consciousness is the fundamental reality. This is the opposite view. From the scientific point of view, matter is the fundamental reality, and consciousness is a byproduct of evolution. But from a spiritual point of view, and what Shurabindo says, consciousness is the fundamental reality, and matter is a condition it has created for its own manifestation. But before it can manifest, consciousness has two aspects: awareness and power. And this power is aspect of consciousness, the power to execute, is experienced by us as energy. But in its origin, it is Shakti. So out of consciousness, that power to bring forth is energy energy is the link between creation and the creatrix consciousness so consciousness becomes matter consciousness becomes in fact everything everything that in this world is an act of consciousness and that has become and that's why the key to understanding anything is to understand it in terms of consciousness for instance man is a mental consciousness now that explains everything about us we are ignorant we are seekers it explains but anything other you know animal is a vital consciousness so it cannot think it has another kind of knowledge it bites nature it lives moved by lust fear and rage because that's the consciousness at which it dwells stone is a material consciousness so in terms of consciousness we can understand the soul creation divine is perfect consciousness so you know from consciousness we can understand everything Where where does the matter and this smallest particle of anu comes into picture? The in yeah infinite becomes the infinitesimal without losing his infinity, and it comes because of the uh, need of the play. 
because uh, the moment you know that one consciousness which is infinite wants to bring out it infinity through multiplicity therefore what happens from within itself a power emerges which can give the seeming of finiteness that is maya maya is something which seemingly measures out the infinite and makes it appear finite and the moment this emerges then finite will go on till the last possible finite and where is the last possible finite not even atom not even boson who knows because it can go on ad infinitum so the very possibility of uh, seeming finiteness leads to this whole uh, thing you know going right up to the boson or even further down but at the same time it is a seeming because as science itself discovers behind every finite there is always a oneness unity is always existing that's what science discovers physical science discovered that at a physical level an electron here and an electron on the mars are interconnected so there is always simultaneously a unity which is in the background and true science will be born when instead of playing with uh, divisive you know the divisions or the finite particles we begin to play with the unity which is behind then the true science will emerge but that's still a probably we are entering that Hmm. matter to energy energy to matter consciousness to matter energy and energy matter to consciousness yes. is, is that possible to absolutely absolutely it can be resolved but normally the consciousness will not allow that because there is a purpose for which it has happened still it has happened in exceptional cases telanga swami and uh, ramlinga swami and kabir stories they are basically this suddenly matter changing itself into and it is said that people who go into nirvikalp samadhi and if they can stay in that state for 21 days or 42 days then their whole body disappears because by that intense absorption and concentration this matter can change into energy and energy into consciousness but it is basically given to man to be able to do it in exceptional situations normally it is not allowed because there is a purpose of creation and of course during pralaya this happens that the whole thing is absorbed back into its original state of consciousness from which it reemerges uh i think uh, last year or year before you mentioned that uh, mother told us that there are in kaliyuga there are four asuras and the last asura was so what going to happen after the four asuras died uh, i am not sure whether i said <laughs> 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 but these four asuras have been there these fellows you know uh, they have also helped in god's work asuras come first then the gods come <laughs> they do the dirty task of uh, uh, you know of cleaning filth that's why they are full of filth so somebody has to do that so they first uh, dig the earth hard labor and then the gods come and gods have an easier task to sow the seeds and seed blossom <laughs> so in the largest scheme of things um, uh, asuras by opposing the divine fulfill is well <laughs> it sounds paradoxical uh, and when the job is over obviously they will get back Uh, maybe the last asura was of sama i don't know possible because uh, uh, she, she said that the last asura will die in no she has not said by the way this uh, was told to me by people that mother has said last asura will die in india but this is said by satprem unfortunately it is interposed in the agenda and it's very easy to mistake that as mother saying so it's not what mother has said but satprem in a but it's a very inspired writing maybe he had some at that point some something came through i don't know uh, but in that process he says that you know the last asura will india has been the land of resurrection which of course mother has said so the last asura dying in india uh, india is full of asuras so we don't know which one is the last <laughs> which one is the last one <laughs> after every last one the lastest one springs up like rakt beej <laughs> uh, but it doesn't matter uh, asuras have to be converted and transformed 
that's what is important because they are like husks who also hide within them a grain of um, gold and all of us uh, have in us an asuric element they are not special creatures uh, they are like us and uh, all of us are asuras by birth and through yoga we get converted and recover our godhead so um, uh, in that sense in a certain vaster sense every human being has in him an asuric element an element which opposes the divine consciousness and serves the purpose paradoxically by delaying the process it enriches the realization and makes it more complete more integral otherwise you know like sanat kumar we will jump back into brahma the moment he is out so we would never ever create anything so it's a very very fascinating plan that the divine has created that he has created opposition to himself and uh, by that opposition he helps his manifestation there are lines in savitri to that extent these wide divine extremes these opposite powers are the right and the left hand of the body of god they are not opposites they are right and the left hand of the body of god he wouldn't have allowed it to happen if there was no purpose in it so they will be there till their purpose is over when their job is over they will get converted they are already being converted many asuras nowadays roam around as uh, god like men so <laughs> it's a <laughs> beginning of conversion hypocrisy is one of the beginnings of conversion they at least believe that you know it's good to be <laughs> godly man so god men <laughs> so <laughs> you know they are on the path of conversion i really trust and besides uh, you know i know his creation cannot fail why because how can the end be vain when god is guide the driver of the soul upon the path so he knows and uh, i always feel we should be full of not just uh, optimism but joy and gratitude full of trust for creation for ourselves for everybody why because divine is there people are asked on what criteria grounds you say that there is hope so i have a very simple criteria well if i believe there is divine in creation there is hope if i don't believe there is divine in creation then not, there is no hope even if all the governance is wonderful there is no hope because at the base what is there and if the base there is divine if at the origin there is divine then the end will be divine regardless of the journey so we should be very very happy we are living in very interesting times and uh, we should be so full of trust that well everything that is happening everything what appears to us good and what appears to us bad what appears to us as uh, catastrophic what appears to us as uh, well aligned event everything 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 without exception is leading this earth one step closer to the goal how he knows and he reveals provided we are not attached to any appearance that it should be like this only thus the divine can manifest we don't know he allows kansa to have his own field day because that is necessary to make the earth aspire he sends pandavas on a 13 year exile because they have to become better instruments so this is the way divine works amazing he allows evil to flourish and triumph so that those who are meant to resist it may gain in strength they have to also gain in strength so when he will triumphs it actually helps strength to triumph so these are his ways which baffle our intelligence according to arvindo the what happened the creation how did it came about and creation was was always there always there or creation how did it come about yes when the color white knew that within it there are seven colors and many more colors wanted to express itself it could not do it if it remained white so it dimmed and dulled itself into shades of gray and then eventually into utter darkness 
so that all these seven colors and many more colors can find their full play and expression. So creation came about because the one infinite, he wanted to express his infinity. But to express the infinite, he had to create a ground in which infinity can express itself. In that luminous blaze where the sun is a dark spot, there can be no play of multiplicity. So he allowed to dim himself through a process of self-involution or self-absorption or self-concentration, whatever we like, and became seemingly the very opposite of what he is, dark, inconscient, unconscious. That he chose for the ambiguous ground, for the ambiguously divine play. After all, he is divine, so he will do the most difficult task. So he chose, okay, in the dark field, in the field of death, let me sow the seed of immortality. Because that's worthy of divine. So that's how creation started. The one wanted to become many, as the Vedas say, Eko Ham Bahushyami. And slowly, through a process of evolution, the one, the luminous, the pure, is growing in every heart, in every creature. And man is that um, critical element in home and through home. The one seeks to express his infinity without losing the sense of the infinite. Right now man doesn't live in that consciousness. He lives in a finite consciousness. Finite consciousness is bound, limited, narrow, small, little. But in man it's possible that we can recover infinity without losing the finite. We can make the finite one with the infinite. This is a special task given to man. That while on one side we have a finite consciousness, but we can connect with the infinite and by connecting the two, we can bring about the desired change which God has willed. That is the greatness of man. Otherwise, he is like any other creature upon earth. So, we are saying that God is a creator. That is the belief or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, fundamentally, there is something energy like God. That's an Everything is an assumption to start with. Science makes an assumption that matter is the sole reality. So to start with, one has to start with an assumption because in ignorance we have no other choice but to make an assumption. Whether we take the root of science or whether we take the root of spirit, it starts with an assumption. But it doesn't remain an assumption forever. Just as in science we go on discovering and we discover laws, processes, energy, etc., etc. So also when we take the path of the spirit, we may, of course, in spiritual pursuit, we don't use the word assumption, we use the word faith, because that is closer to the experience. Assumption is something which is mental, whereas faith is something which is ingrained in the fabric of a consciousness. And if we, like a scientist, we proceed further and further, we discover another order of law, processes, forces, and eventually we discover the one perfect consciousness. Some like to call it God, but it may not be the only term. It, in fact, terms may or may not be necessary. Some call it that, some call it Tao, some call it Parbrahman, some call it Sachidanand, some simply call Ma, the eternal womb of all things. It doesn't matter. The important thing is to discover that truth by whatever name, through whatever form, through whatever process to discover that. Because one thing we know that there is a truth to be discovered. If we want to proceed by the way of science, no problem. Divine doesn't limit us. But our path of discovery has to be appropriate to what we want to discover. Science will lead us, because it uses material processes, it will lead us to discover the material infinite. Whereas if we use spiritual processes, it will lead us to discover the spiritual infinite. So whatever process has to be appropriate to what we want to discover. Obviously through material instrument, I cannot discover uh, other truths, which may be of another order. By no amount of physical probe and chemical analysis, I can know about love. 
because it it you know it's not an it's an energy i don't my material instrument cannot show me that so for that i can know it only through a process of identification and through psychological methods because psychological methods will lead me to discover the truths which are inbuilt in our human psychology their absoluteness material process will lead me to discover material truths biological process will lead, lead me to discover biological truths so if science has to discover god it has to expand its field of inquiry and it has to refine its instrument through which it seeks and the biggest instrument is man himself all our faculties are instruments our senses are instruments reason is instrument emotions are instruments passion is instrument will is an instrument and if we can upgrade these instruments um you know we can purify them this is what we have been talking about these instrument themselves will reveal the truth which is hidden behind them and that truth is the one the infinite the perfect what about the higher consciousness we talked about this the gods came then and this uh, other people they are higher being than men in the sense mm-hmm. and uh, how far can it go that's up to infinite there are many many gradations there are beings which are immediately higher than humans which you know people have known as gods even titans are greater than humans because their range of powers are more than what human beings are then if we don't get stuck there we go further 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 till we can discover beings who are boundless the four original beings with that stand at the gates of the sun and we can go still further and discover our supramental infinity so it can go to any extent there is no limit to it but at each level the principle is the same we sacrifice the lower and by that we ascend to the higher if we are attached to the lower form then obviously the higher cannot precipitate the divine will allow the play at that level he'll say all right so but if we detach ourselves from that or by seeking aspiration or most importantly grace then he will lift us out of the lower form and reveal to us higher and higher forms of creation sir how to reach higher consciousness by stilling the lower by reducing our absorption in the lower consciousness and its activity by offering the lower movements to the divine by working towards purification consecration yagna in short of the lower nature we slowly make our nature refine and subtle which does not hold the soul captive anymore and allows it to ascend to higher levels at this point of time our consciousness is very heavy and very dull it doesn't allow an ascent because it holds us down the material consciousness is so heavy full of tamas our mind is full of tamas it is full of clichés of you know fixed ideas our heart is full of tamas we love habitually only those to whom you know we attach a common surname we cannot go beyond it's all tamas our uh, will strives towards limited objects it's again tamas so when we break free from this tamas the consciousness begins to become little more refined rajasik then satvik then by contact with the divine it becomes more and more subtle spiritualized and when it becomes subtle and spiritualized then the soul can at least emerge and experience those higher truths get a glimpse of them enter into the higher consciousness and then if it doesn't break the connection with the lower then slowly these truths begin to enter and percolate into the lower layers and begins to change it further and further the key to that is the emergence of the psychic being the divine grace is always attached ultimately it seems yes every this creation is an act of grace there is nothing else but grace at one level one experiences that there is nothing else but grace everything is a grace even our personal effort is a grace and without the grace it is really true but true to a very deep inner experience this truth which can be easily misunderstood but it is really really true that not even a leaf moves without grace it is true but yes as i said this truth all spiritual truths can be held with a you know sthul buddhi gross intellect and turned towards you know uh, flipped into a falsehood 
For instance, if that is true, then December 16 rape, was it divine grace? You know, one can talk like that. But it can be grasped by the subtle buddhi. That in everything there is the divine grace and this is the play of the creation which receives it differently uh, or blocks it and yet the divine grace presses for the emergence of something out of everything, of that light, of the truth, out of everything including things which appear evil and disastrous to us. So there is always grace which moves this creation. But the response of creation varies to this grace. Grace is with all, but some are open, some are, you know, turned away and it's like a patra which is turned upside down. So grace pours, but nothing fills. Again, we can say that it is a play all the time. Yes, of and course we can say. Yes, we can say that. But the problem with that approach is that it doesn't help us or lead us anywhere. So we should adopt in all things in life. It is good to always keep a practical consideration. So I can take this attitude that when I take that everything is a play of grace. That means it doesn't matter, I have to do nothing. In which case, uh, it doesn't help. But I can take it that all is a grace, my effort is also a grace. And then I do my bit of opening myself to the grace. In any case, grace will fulfill its purpose. But if I take this other approach, then I facilitate the process and also experience the delight in the journey. Even those who don't believe in grace, grace is carrying them. But the delight is missing because its ways may be very, very strange, you know, uh, very painful sometimes. When faith and surrender increases, so grace comes, then uh, progress may go on. Grace is always there. On everything and everyone. But faith and surrender from our side definitely intensifies its action. Makes it so much more beautiful, delightful and smooth. But when faith and surrender are missing, grace keeps knocking against the door. Sometimes it breaks it. Then we complain against the grace that, <laughs> why did you break my house? But actually it was calling us for something else.